Welcome once again to Aaron and Patricia, episode 8, I now believe it is. Um, is My name is Aaron. My name is Patricia. Hey, Patricia. And so um, we've got an interesting show coming up uh, today. So well, we're going to be talking about uh, you know, the fact that we're talking about Mulan 2. But let's talk about the first Mulan before we even get to that. Uh, Ronda Rousey is called WWE Fake Fights. Oh, dear. Um, also, we're going to preview of Old School Lane Reads. That's a very exciting uh, thing that's happening uh, later on, after, a couple of hours, actually, after we record this podcast, actually. So uh, it'll actually be a chance for you to kind of point over there and uh, check it out. Uh, Joe Biden's uh, attack ad machine is uh, rolling at 100%. We're going to tell you all about that. Um, Found out is skyrocketing during the uh, coronavirus lockdown. So we're going to talk about that, too. Uh, also, we're going to talk about an aftermath of In Search of the Crystal Skull. So we're going to talk about a bit about uh, that recent episode that recently came out on Old School lane and Hugh Jackman has dodged a bullet and it involves a, a recently really bad feline movie so we're definitely going to tell you all about that you are listening to Aaron and Patricia on the 19th of April of 2020 so Patricia do shall we begin with the first topic Yes, let's do so. Well, actually, before we do, um, I actually will have a couple of announcements to make. Um, so, for those of you who do not know, before the Arrow Meta show came into this existence on Liberated Syndication, I was on a radio station known as North Manchester FM. Um, I met some really great guys down there. Um, Helen Agama was uh, one of them. Uh, Lou Armour is another. Uh, she was station manager uh, for a, a brief time. And uh, also, I got to meet some really other great people that were there. And uh, Harry T as well. Wave. And uh, there's a few uh, great legendary figures that are out there in North Manchester FM, which uh, created the foundations for the organization which now exists uh, still today on uh, 106.6. Uh, sadly, though, we have lost one of those founding uh, people uh, today, and um, I'm sad to report that uh, Ted Taylor was recently uh, announced uh, that he'd passed away. I'm heartbroken that he's now left us, and because I learned a lot, of, a lot from him, and uh, he was uh, very, uh, very assertive, and uh, he was uh, very opinionated as well, and uh, also was uh, very interested in hearing about, you know, everyone else's stories as well. And so, because uh, he was a part-time actor at the time, so you know, he was very involved in stories. He was also involved in various number of uh, productions as well across uh, across Manchester. And so, um, I went to one of his performances. He was hilarious, and uh, I can't actually remember that. Yeah, what annoys me is that. I I actually, it was such a stick-out performance as well, but uh, I can't remember the name of the production that he was a part of, so, like, but, you know, he was uh, he was a terrific actor, I remember, at the time. Uh, also, um, you know, one of the funny stories he used to tell me is that uh, he actually was on one of the BBC Crime Watch programs. Now, uh, Patricia, I don't know if you have uh, this type of show on, I think it's actually called, uh, what's, oh, what's what's the name of the show? Um, it's, uh, it's basically what they do is they actually, on Crime Watch, what they do is they um, hire a bunch of actors to reenact scenes uh, of a crime. And so he was brought in to like, be one of the criminals in that and so like mm-hmm. he was supposed to enact what uh, what had happened and then obviously they do like the uh, I'm sure there was a show that was like it in, uh, in in America I can't remember what it's called though um, they parried it on Eat the Cat um, oh and uh, they did one uh, on yeah uh, it, it sounds like it's uh, it, it's not um, America's Most Wanted I think Mo- yeah, America, yeah America's uh, yeah. Most Wanted it's, it's kind of like our version of America's Most Wanted so basically what they do is they do reenactment scenes of the of the crimes and he was Ted Taylor was actually brought in to actually be one of the criminals now the funny thing about that is is that when that episode aired and uh, he was walking down the street a week later a lot of people were pointing him out and saying that he's the guy <laughs> 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 oh, it was so hilarious, and so like uh, they, these stories were, were brilliant, you know, back back behind the scenes, and uh, you know, like uh, we were a really close knit community. I was going to college there at the time in North Manchester, and so that's the reason why I did talk radio over there for a, a while, and so uh, you know, and we were just uh, a bunch of guys who were kind of like in a way kind of rebelling against the system in a way because so we were basically taking uh, uh, Manchester Council to basically say, look, you know, this place needs help. And here's all these great people that are there too, and uh, this is what's uh, happening down here. You know, uh, all the young people that can't forget work, all the uh, all the problems with, uh, you know, uh, you know, the transport systems and things like that. And uh, eventually, as we uh, started, uh, uh, we had Manch- North Manchester FM, and you know, uh, me, Ted, and various other people did some great things at that radio station. And uh, I'm just saddened now that uh, one of those people who made that radio station so great is no longer with us. All I can say is that uh, at the time when I was there at North Manchester FM, he was a good friend, he was a good guy, and uh, I am going to miss him. And so yeah. like, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really down today, to be honest with you. So like, uh, you know, but I'm going to soldier on. I'm going to put it on a show for you guys because I know that's what Ted Taylor would have wanted. 
So uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm very sorry about um, your loss, Aaron. And for those who are um, listening in and uh, who used to listen to this guy, and or even close family and friends, you know, we we give our condolences. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Thanks, Dad. And uh, we'll be th- I'll be thinking about you uh, a lot of the time now. Every time we uh, get in front of this microphone. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks everybody for letting me do that. Um, I want to move on to something else and uh, something a bit more positive. Um, we're going to be talking about the Autism Awareness Month Fan Day at uh, the very end of the month. Actually, it's coming out next week, actually. It's going to be the 26th. So basically what happens is if you guys are listening to the show, you are going to be the first to hear about this. So basically what we're going to do is um, we're going to put, put up, up in our email, uh, which is going to be show at aaronmeta.co.uk. So that's S-H-O-W at Aaron Meta, A-R-U-N-M-E-H-T-A dot co dot U-K. And so email there and uh, say that you want to be a participant in the fan day uh, about um, how autism uh, affects you and uh, the story that you'd like to tell uh, everybody about uh, how what, what your life is with autism and uh, how you perceive life because everyone perceives life in a different way. And so we would like to hear from you about uh, your experiences on that particular week. So um, if you're interested, uh, the deadline is going to be on the 24th of April. So uh, if you want to um, send in the next couple of days now, it's going to be show at aaronmeta.co.uk. Tag the um, subject line as uh, Autism Fan Day, and uh, then we'll just take it from there. And so we'll collect in all the responses on the 24th, and uh, we'll happily see you for that fan day. So it should be, should be entertaining. So uh, yeah, it should yeah. be a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay, we are going to move into the show, and uh, so um, Mulan, right? Um, I originally was excited for it, you know, because I thought, oh hey, looking at the trailer, I was looking at thinking, hey, maybe this is actually going to be one of the very few Disney live-action remakes that actually could be good. And, you know, I feel like now, after hearing what Sabersmark had to say about the Lion King remake, and just uh, following him on Twitter was just hilarious, because you could tell that his disappointment was just so raw on um, mm-hmm. uh, as, as, as they went through along the movie. And I've not seen the Lion King remake yet. And so... I have. You have. What? Okay, verdict. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, okay. So... I will admit that the um, CGI animation is really well done. It's really beautiful. It's definitely something that is to be commended on. But he is absolutely right that it's simply a rehash of the movie. Like, people will be talking about this movie in the same way that they talk about the 90s Psycho movie, in which they just copy and paste the story with little to no variations and changes. And if there are various changes, then they don't really matter in the long run. Like, for example, um, Shenzi, one of the hyenas in The Lion King, they decided to make her as the main leader of the hyenas, which makes a lot of sense because hyenas, they are ran by females. That, that I mean, like, I saw this in an episode of, um, which one? I, I, I'm not sure if I remember. Uh, one of the nature shows on the BBC where they were talking about, like, how uh, female hyenas, they are the ones who take charge. And uh, the person who was narrating or whoever wrote it, they have a severe stigma on how the hyenas were portrayed in The Lion King. They didn't say it. They were just saying, like, you know, we need to remove our, you know, stereotypical cliches of how hyenas were portrayed, especially when it comes to, like, other media, which you know that they're talking about The Lion King. Yeah. So, okay, they're trying to be accurate to the animals. Fine. But then you have, like, the performances. Like... If you listen to James Earl Jones as Mufasa, he sounds really tired. And all the other voice actors, most of them are just simply okay. Uh, I mean, like, I I will admit that um, Seth Rogen and John Oliver as Timon and Pumbaa, they were pretty fun, but that was pretty much it. Like, nothing really stuck out to me. I I do agree that it's definitely one of the more pointless Disney remakes. Like, if you are going to do a remake of a Disney movie... Do one that actually deserves it. Like, I can understand why Cinderella got a remake. I could understand why The Jungle Book got a remake. But The Lion King doesn't deserve to have a live-action remake. 
not even close. I mean, the Beauty and the Beast didn't deserve to have a live action remake. And now there's talks about Robin Hood getting a live action remake. Which is just weird because, like, uh, Robin Hood in itself was like, uh, do you remember that uh, they actually did some of the same animations that they they took from, like, uh, the, uh, like, what was it, like, uh, Snow White and, like, a few other ones? Together. Yeah, like, Snow White go. and the Aristocats and the Jungle Book. Yeah, yes, exactly. they did have to do that because the reason why is because that Disney was in. Uh, they were at a severe low point. Disney had already died, and the animators were just keeping to that stigma of, what would Walt do? What would Walt think that the next project would be? And because they were still coping with getting the money back that they had lost from Sleeping Beauty, they were still doing everything on Xerox. So they had to make the movie as quick and as cheap as possible. And it was harshly criticized because of it critics hated robin hood but mm. now it has been re-vindicated by a lot of viewers saying that robin hood was actually a pretty good movie yeah now here's the thing about robin hood and just so quickly because we're, we're moving straight off mulan here and i wanted to bring up a point the, the, you know but continue no go on bring up the point okay so the point is that we don't even know what mulan the, you know, we don't even know what the final product looks like because it's been delayed. Um, some people actually do. Because uh, for those of you oh, who do not really? know... Oh, um, really? Well, apparently, I'm reading this online. I don't know whether most of this is true or not. I'm only going on speculation. This got an early release in Hollywood as a premiere, and this also got a release in the United Arab Emirates in the UAE. Oh! And reviews are diabolical. They are really, oh, really, really awful. I'm looking at, mind you, no one yet, no newspaper or anything like that has written like a proper review. So Rotten Tomatoes is, is scarce for anything like in regards to what people are talking about. But apparently, um, apparently this has leaked online. Apparently, and some people have actually seen it online illegally. So, and we're not encouraging oh, you to. Do, okay. We're not encouraging that, by the way. It's illegal. You should not no. do it. Not absolutely no. But apparently, to some people who have actually seen it, uh, apparently, it actually is supposed to be. It's it's fanforstic bad. Apparently, it's it oh, is. Oh no! Exactly. Yeah. So uh, this is mind you. This is all his same rumor at the moment. Again, you know, we know Milan has not had official worldwide release because of everything that's going on right now. But uh, I guarantee you this: some of the sources that I'm looking at right now, and they're like unofficial, unverified sources. I'll have to admit, but there is some very uncomfortable vibes that this movie apparently is not very good. Apparently. Okay. Apparently, now yeah. that, that that actually makes my point even stronger because. We know that Disney has been making a lot of movie with uh, m money make, with their live action movies. Blech. They've been making a lot of money with their live action movies. I mean, as of right now, The Lion King is the highest grossing movie of all time. The the remake, not the original, sadly. But uh, I'm I'm trying to break the, this point across that. They are not going to be stopping with their live action remakes anytime soon. I, I don't mean, know. Like I think I think I think this might this might be the straw that breaks the camel's back. I Again, think. we don't know if the Mulan movie is really that bad. I mean, it's rumors, but yeah, exactly. if it is true that maybe it's a terrible movie, then, you know, I mean, we even know that the Aladdin sequel is going to be coming out or the spinoff or whatever it is. But yeah, I mean, if that is the case, then yeah, uh, I, you know, th th you could make an argument that it'll stop because of Mulan. I mean, that does tend to happen. Like one movie can decimate an entire trend of medium like it happens all the time so uh the fact that we don't even know how good mulan is and the fact that it already greenlit a sequel is very questioning well i mean we've had some really bad tv shows that have come out in the past and all of a sudden they've got like second seasons because like they're so far into production that they think oh why not the hell not anyway but you know for, for a yeah, second for a second movie like, you know, like, we're talking, like, millions upon millions of dollars here. And if the first Mulan movie is apparently supposed to be as terrible as everyone's saying it is, um, apparently, I mean, like, how on earth is so the second movie going to make money? I think it's going to get canned. I personally think. I don't think it's going to exist. That's true. I mean, we have seen Disney properties that have been announced, but they've never came out. I mean, remember Gigantic? Exactly, yeah. But uh, on top of that as well, like, uh, your, your female lead is tainted. Unfortunately, like oh, she left a lot of bad taste in a lot of people. She left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths when she came out in, in, in favor of uh, the the police beating up protesters in Hong Kong. Like you know, yeah. like uh, that that left a lot of people really un uncomfortable. 
I think. And I'm really surprised that he's, she's managed to hang on, hang on with Disney as long as, as long as she has. Because, you know, like, any, any controversy, you know Disney's ruthless. You're gone. You know, like... Oh, absolutely, uh, yeah. yeah. You know, like, uh, if, you, if, if, if someone catches you dealing in drugs, you're gone. If someone finds you yep. you're feeling up a woman's dress, you're gone. Like, you know, like, yep. uh, Disney will... You know, like, uh, there's been cast members in Disneyland parks who have gotten into massive amounts of trouble. They're gone. Like you know, like mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, it's uh, Disney has a very zero tolerance for anything that uh, they know is going to hurt their publicity. And, oh, absolutely! Uh, they they are very very careful with their brand integrity. If you mess it up just even a little bit, yeah, you might as well just be blacklisted in Hollywood. Yeah, like uh, it's like uh, it's kind of like true how they, they you know Mickey Mouse is kind of portrayed in South Park in a way because like you know it's like you you screw up once is like you know they 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 are a massive dick to you. Pretty much, like you know, you are cancer at this point. Like uh, it's just—I uh, mean, have we actually seen a celebrity who's actually really mucked up at Disney and actually th- then actually come back? Um, uh, can we can we can we call uh, anybody on that? Really, I don't—I don't really know. That's actually a really good point because it's like. Robert Downey Jr., I guess, because if you remember, he was in Shaggy Dog well, in 2006. I mean, oh, he was, yeah. Sorry, I thought you were about to say, oh, he did Iron Man. I think uh, Marvel was not with within the Disney Corporation, I think, at that time. I don't think Yeah, so. well, I mean, he was like, this was like when he was starting to get back on his feet, like after all the drugs and after all the um, uh, alcohol and all that kind of stuff. He was in like really bad movies. I mean, he was in Shaggy Dog, the remake, and then eventually he picked himself up with Iron Man, which was probably like the biggest and best thing that he ever did in his career. I guarantee he'll probably never have to work another movie in his life, but you know, I'm sure he's going to do anyway. But uh, you know, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. But as for like child stars for Disney, that's really hard to say. Well, Britney Spears obviously went off the. You know, Britney Spears isn't even still, as far as I'm aware, still doesn't even control her own finances at the moment. So like, uh, you know, like uh, she's uh, still where she is unfortunately as well and we wish her well sure as well hopefully she'll like uh, get but you know just uh i'm just oh, really and surprised Lindsay lohan let's let's talk about Lindsay lohan as oh, well. oh yeah there's uh, she's she's in that crowd as well but uh, yeah i mean at the end of the day if uh unless you've got a really good friend in the in the disney like you know hierarchy you're not gonna last very long i don't think mm-hmm. and i'm just really surprised that uh we're even even talking about a, a, a sequel to a movie which potentially might be bad and potentially might not make any money and uh, unless you're in Japan, unless you're in China, by the way, like, you know, they're, they're, we know why they're doing this. This is, you know, they, they've been doing this around the Chinese audience. And then they've also, yeah. began, and, and international audiences surprisingly have actually come second in all of this. So uh, now let me ask you something. Do you think that, um, um, do you think that if um, the rumors are not true and the movie is actually good? Do you think that people will still go see a sequel of Mulan despite all of the allegations? Well, I don't know, but I wouldn't be too surprised if another actress comes and plays more like an older Mulan. You know, that would be a possibility, yeah. um, especially if they are going to stick close to the um, original poem of Mulan, where she fought in the war for 12 years and she wasn't discovered until she actually told the soldiers, hey, I was with you this entire time. I mean, that is if they are going to stick close to the poem. I don't know if they are, but yeah. um, let me say this. I, I, real, I, I just hope that the sequel. Oh, go ahead. I, I would really have... Lo- I really want... The- and here's the thing about this, what hurts me as much. Like, I see all these bad reviews that are currently coming out right now. I re- Here's the thing about this. I'm not, you know, wanting this movie to be bad. You know, I looked at Mulan and thought, hey, this could actually be a live-action movie that could actually be pretty good. And actually say... Yeah. And Disney could actually win me over with the live-action remakes for once. You know, like... Yeah. Uh, since, since the remakes have begun, not one movie, not one single live-action movie has made me say, you know what, I'm gonna get off my ass, I'm gonna pay £12, and I'm gonna go see it. Not yeah. one. Yeah, it's been really hard. I mean, let's you. I mean, we have the Maleficent movies, Cinderella, The Jungle Book, we have Mary Poppins Returns, Pete's Dragon... Um, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, and, you know, Aladdin, Mulan, and they're going to do more, you know, I, I mean, a Robin Hood, uh, according to what some people is next. Some people, and, and there's even rumors of Peter Pan also going into that as well. So, I mean, the fact that they're saying that, oh, you know, we're going to uh, remake Robin Hood into a live action remake actually really concerns me because look what happened to Cats. Hmm. 
So, yeah, I mean, like, it's actually funny because Tad Stones, who uh, created Darkwing Duck and who's a wonderful animator, I met him a few years ago, really nice guy. He was actually talking on Twitter about how they should actually remake Robin Hood, but make it into a, an animated film because that way they can be able to um, accurately portray Robin Hood from the classic story as opposed to, like, Disney saying, okay, we're just gonna take the character of Robin Hood and then just change it around and all that kind of stuff. And, um, I, I but I, I can definitely see where Tad is coming from, in which, like, maybe they should remake Robin Hood, but remake it into an animated film that doesn't rely on using stock footage from Snow White and the Jungle Book and the Aristocats. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, um, but th this one for Mulan. Yeah, I I'm kind of concerned. I, I mean, especially with um, the sequel. I mean, we'll just see what happens. I, I mean, that's still kind of like up in the air. Yeah, I'm just, uh, I I'm not feeling very hopeful right now because if the, if the if, I mean, uh, here's the thing about this. If Mulan does actually turn out to be good, then I'll, I'll, I'll apologize. But I don't know, like seeing some of the earlier rumblings and hearing that uh, some people have actually seen this movie now and uh, not liked it at all, I'm starting to get concerned. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. Maybe it might be good. I, I don't know. But uh, if it, if it is, then you know, sorry. Then yeah, that's uh, that's my bad. But uh, right now, listening to all the the current mumblings currently on the internet right now, it doesn't leave me very feeling very hopeful. And no, uh, let me ask you something. I, I don't even know if uh, you've actually mentioned this, but what are your thoughts on the original Mulan? Um, the I liked Mulan. I thought she was like the most badass Disney princess because, and I thought she actually. I said before, actually, do you remember a couple of years ago? I don't I can't remember if I said this. I said I reckon that Mulan could take every single Disney princess, including Elsa. And so, uh, yeah. oh, that's right, you did. Yeah, did, yeah. yeah we I, talked about this during um, she's, what she's, was it Brave. Yeah, she was a Disney. She was a Disney princess that was trained by Jackie Chan. I mean, come on. Like, you know, she's... Uh... Uh, that is true, yeah. And uh, for those who are wondering, but wait, wasn't um, Mulan's, um, you know, uh, trainer, uh, yeah. you know, Shang voiced by somebody else? It's like, well, yes, but... In the Chinese in version, the... He, was, he, he was... Captain Shang was voiced by Jackie Chan. So technically speaking, yes. uh, Mulan is trained by Jackie Chan. So I... So, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> the most badass Disney princess has to be Mulan. As far as I'm concerned, yeah. So and yeah. Uh, yeah, and you're thinking like, wait, Jackie Chan voiced, um, you know, Shang and Mulan, and it's like, yeah, he also voices the Beast in Beauty and the Beast in the Chinese version. Oh so, yeah, there and, you go. Uh, also that uh, in uh, he also sang the you know Be a Man in that he actually sung that song. And, uh, yeah, he, and we, he, we I actually showed Aaron the music video of it. Yeah, uh, a yeah, few years so. ago. And uh, I can't remember exactly. Like it, it probably went. It probably got released in uh, in in China as a as a single. I don't know if uh, how it much, did. It, I know I know how it did well in the charts. But as far as I'm concerned, like I don't know, know it's, either. It's badass. So uh, yeah, but uh, I mean that's what we think right now. Like uh, stick with the original because uh, I'm not feeling too hopeful about the uh, about about the live action once again. You know, and how many times are we going to keep saying that every time Disney keep making live action remakes? Stick with the original. <laughs> It's, I, mean, I, feel like uh, I feel like a broken record. I feel like, you know, uh, stick with the original. Stick with the original. Stick with the original. Stick with the original. Come on. Like, you know, do something, Disney. Do something that... You know, here's the thing about this. Like, um, you know, you know, with the, going to go back to the Lion King. If they turn around and said, uh, like, uh, you know, we're going to make... We're going to, like, just brush up, like, uh, it's going to be, like, the Lion King special edition, and we're just going to do, like, a 3D animated version of the original film, and, like, just say, okay, it's uh, going to have, like, uh, some, like, just spruced up graphics. It's basically going to be what uh, George, you know, what uh, George Lucas is basically doing with the Star Wars movies all these decades and things like that. Oh, we're basically God, going to do no. another version of it, and, like, uh, but, you know, keep the original as well, and, like, say, oh, hey, okay, so here's the CGI, and here's the original, you know, like, uh, and then you guys can make up your own minds whether it was worthwhile or not. Not like uh, what they're doing right now with all these live-action memes, just making them totally different and even worse than the actual original. Con the uh, original. They kind of they, they miss the point. They miss the point of the original. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, but uh, yeah, I think that's all we got to say about that, really. Uh, yeah, all, yeah, let's just move on. Okay, right. Um, moving on. Um, Ronda Rousey. Um, is uh, I was I thought was aiming to go back into the WWE very very soon. And if she is, then she's in a hell of a lot of trouble because uh, she recently went on to. Do you remember Steve-O from Jackass? Um, oh, the yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he 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 has a podcast now, like basically like millions of other people now who have podcasts. Like you know, they're, they're copying us, Patricia. Surely they are. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Steve-O did a podcast, and he, and his guest was Ronda Rousey. 
And so um, they made some comments, and uh, I actually don't have like the transcript of what was uh, in front of. Actually, I'm just trying to think if there is one here um, that I can read out. So um, the former UFC champion did a shoot interview with Wild Ride with Steve O podcast. Wild Ride, that's an interesting title for a, for a, a uh, podcast. But uh, before mm-hmm. the comments showed up on Twitter. Um, she said, uh, anyone who is outraged by... Oh, hang on a second. So Ronda Rousey had this uh, had this um, uh, interview. She then reacted to it afterwards, after the backlash from WWE fans, as you probably imagine. She said, uh, anyone who was outright call me, uh, outraged at me calling pro wrestling, quote-unquote, fake fights for fun, have never been in a real fight. And so, uh, I mean, obviously that didn't do anything to calm people down. That, if anything, that made them even more angry than they were before. So, um, the GiveMeSports.com actually gave a running da- a rundown of all the massive injuries that WWE has had over the years. John Cena at one point had a broken nose, and was uh, f- and Seth Rollins actually showed that on uh, the, the Titantron or the big screen that they have in the show. So you can tell that you see that John Cena's face. His uh, whole nasal capacity is basically lurched onto one onto the left side of his uh, left side of this. Um, one other thing that Give Me Sport also mentioned is that Mick Foley, one time in that infamous Hell in a Cell match uh, with the Undertaker at King of the Ring 1998, um, he basically broke nearly every single uh, bone in his body. Pretty much, he had a bruised kidney, a dislocated jaw. At one point, his uh, tongue could actually be seen going through a slit down his uh, down his face. At one point, and he even had some teeth that were lodged into his nose. So he had a hellacious um, um, match with the Undertaker in the Hell in a Cell, and so um, a lot of people, you know, would take a look at that and think that, yeah, that's not very fake at all. Um, Page's neck injury is also another one, and also we had an abundance of neck injuries which have ended uh, the careers of WWE wrestlers and even professional wrestlers outside of the business. Uh, my favorite Japanese wrestler, um, um, he basically tripped on a while he was doing a moonsault on the middle rope, and he cut his feet underwards, and he landed back on his head, and Hayabusa. Um, ended up basically being paralyzed in a wheelchair, and it took him several years before he could even actually get up and actually walk into the ring. And so, and then later on, he actually died. And so, like, so you know, in regards to people telling you that, so yeah, wrestling may be, um, wrestling may be predetermined, but by any means, it is not fake whatsoever. You know, these, these you I mean, can- that's like saying, um, you know, oh, um. You know, the performance on a stage is, you know, fake. I mean, yeah, people rehearse it and maybe it's not like really happening in your eyes, but people are giving their all into a performance. Uh, You know, when it comes to documentaries or interviews from people, when it comes to talking about sports, they tell you some horrific things that happen, like, you know, broken bones and dislocated shoulders and um, mental concussions, like... Erin uh, and I re- uh, went to a museum. We went to the uh, the science museum that I talked about in the Pixmix episode of Finding Nemo, where I worked at a museum where I, when I was in high school, and there was like a whole bunch of fish, and um, you know that some of them were clownfish and all that kind of stuff. But they had this new one where you got to see how important it is to wear a helmet. And a person who wasn't wearing a helmet, and they got things like a a, um, a rock or a block of concrete dropped into their head. And then even with like wearing a helmet, it it, it cushions a lot of the damage as opposed to if you weren't wearing a helmet, but you still get hurt nonetheless. And there's like football players who suffer from um, mental, um, you know, damage and all that kind of stuff. And wrestlers I think it's called CTD, I think it's actually called. And uh, and some of that as well, some of it isn't even diagnosed until they're dead. You know, like, that's the, yeah. only, that's, the, that's the only time they actually kind of find out that they actually got it. But, uh, I mean, like, just just hammer, just hammer in that point. Like, uh, yeah, you can, get, you can get badly hurt doing this sport at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, on top of that as well, it's not like, oh, well, you know, um, i got to be honest with you. Here's, here's the funny thing about this. You know, Patricia, I would, you know, you know who I would trust the most to be in a wrestling match with? Uh, yeah, probably you. Because I know that. Here, and here's, here's, <laughs> 
Here's the reason why. No, I legitimately would be concerned for my safety if I was in with a complete stranger who didn't know what they were doing. Now, I would say that I'd have a wrestling match with you because we'd know, basically, we could trust each other enough to know exactly what's going to happen if uh, we get out in that ring. And yes, it would be a pretty lousy wrestling match. It's not going to be entertaining in the slightest if we do it. But at least I could trust you to say, well, we're going to do this spot and we're going to do that spot and then we're going to basically um, do a submission move and then that'll be the end of the match you know like i would trust you to i would trust my safety in your hands to do that and i like to think you would trust my safety in that too you know because i know of course because you know you and i know we're not going to be too rough with each other because obviously relationship but uh it's um it's completely different if you're in a situation where you gotta basically trust a complete and utter stranger who you don't know what their safety is going to be or anything like that that's a pretty scary situation to put yourself in to be quite honest with you and uh, wrestlers kind of do that on a very regular basis you know, so like, yeah. And, yeah, and then there's also some wrestlers who actually know each other, wrestlers who interact with each other outside of the ring. Mm-hmm. So that is even more uncomfortable knowing that, oh, you know, my friend or my colleague that I've known for this amount of years is going to be losing a match, or I have to give the final blow, or I have to trash talk him. And, you know, let's just say something goes wrong it doesn't go according to plan and one of you guys gets severely injured or killed you will have that in your heart and in your consciousness for the rest of your life Mm -hmm. and there have been cases of that too so you know uh, i have no idea what ronda rousey was thinking uh doing this podcast i mean like it was uh you know, I guess with Steve-O, I guess he's quite off the cuff, and I think he expects his guests to be too. And so whether that was just sure. kind of like what came out in the uh, in the episode, I've not I've not listened to it to be honest with you because you know there's only so many. I hours. didn't even know that Steve-O had a podcast. The last time I've heard Steve-O being whatever relevant was in the mid 2000s when he was doing Jackass. Exactly, and so I just think that uh, at the end of the day, um, that's what we're I mean, that's what wrestling is. Uh, it's a predetermined sport, but, you know, you don't go on the thing that, oh, hey, it's fake, so therefore I'm not going to get hurt. You can get seriously injured doing some of this, doing what what they do. You know, like, yeah, it's, it's actually kind of ironic because there was actually a, a Nickelodeon short that aired around the late 90s where... Uh, you know, there were there was these uh, agents who tried to prove if wrestling was fake or not. And when they got into the ring, the last thing that they muttered out was, it's real, it's real. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yeah. it's real. Pretty much, yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty much the safety word in these things, pretty, pretty much. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, again, I just think that what Ronda, what Ronda Rousey said was completely and utterly stupid. And, uh, like, uh, here's the thing about this as well. Like, when Ronda Rousey apparently was in the ring, now, I, I'm only piecing this together from interviews from other wrestlers, but there's another wrestler there called Naya Jax, and she is a colossal, massive woman. Like, you know, she, you look at her and you think, yeah, she wrestles for a living. She, she basically, you know, she's someone you can trust with, uh, you know, uh, uh, putting on a performance of uh, wrestling capability. Um, apparently, um, she told the story of, and she didn't leave it, she left some names out, but she told a story about her friend who is, um, Alexa Bliss, and apparently she was supposed to, she was actually in the ring with said wrestler, and apparently she actually gained a few injuries from basically wrestling her on a regular basis, and so because, and uh, some people are suspecting that the person she was talking about was Ronda Rousey, and so, mm. like, uh, uh, so it's pretty rich saying that she's a part of a, a fake fighting spot when she's actually been in the ring with uh, one of the most popular wrestlers in the WWE and has actually injured her. So like, uh, and wow. we're, we're not saying that it was actually her. We're just basically piecing this together from what other other wrestlers have said. You know, it could have been somebody else as far as we're aware, but uh, it just sounds so much like that was Ronda Rousey because that was the program she was involved with at the time and would be being in the uh, the WWE women's title picture at uh, uh, with Alexa Bliss. So, like, uh, that, that's, right. that, that, that's just how it all gets pieced together. You know, it, it, you know, it's just funny to, you know, to hear about these things. It's like, oh, um, you know, I know a wrestler who, you know, I work with and, you know, she treats things really seriously. But then they come around and saying, like, no, it's just a show. It's it's fake. I know exactly. It's just it's 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 so it's so mind-blowingly stupid. You know, as far as I'm mm. concerned, like I don't think the WWE universe are going to accept it. Oh, by the way, she also made this thing as well. Um, she said apparently that uh, the the WWE fans 
um, didn't warmly let her leave. And I was sitting there like, well, because everyone kind of found out who you were as a person. And so, of course, they were going to boo you. And they because they didn't like how everything had panned out. And uh, that was just their opinion. And basically, well, for wrestlers who have been, you know, as you know, the good guys, quote unquote, the faces, they've been booed as well. And they've ended up being turned. In the day. I remember hearing the story about her. Um, so there's a wrestling organization called ECW, and uh, there was a wrestler called Bubba Ray Dudley, and they didn't want to turn him. They basically wanted to keep him as a good guy for face and everything like that. But then um, the fans just kind of kept, kept you know, getting on his getting on his case the entire time. And to the point <laughs> where, then uh, give you this in mind, ECW was like in a very hardcore corner of Philadelphia. Keep this in mind. Wrestling fans, you know, will make a determination of you. They're basically Siths of the of the wrestling <laughs> of the wrestling world, but uh, they're they're, uh, they're you know they they kind of determine what is going to fly and what isn't. Um, so um, somebody brought made a bedsheet and written. I think they wrote it in like in like red like ink, saying uh, Bubba must die. And brought this bedsheet, and not only did he uh, hold this thing up himself, he encouraged various other people to hold this thing up for him, so Bubba Ray Dudley could see what they were looking at. And when that happened, um, he turned around to Paul Heyman, who was uh, booking w- ECW at the time, and he said, "There you go. I, you know, I need to turn heel, and I need to turn to a bad guy." And he did pretty much. I think what was it the next week or something like that. And so, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, fans do make the determination of who's going to be a good guy and who's going to be a bad guy sometimes. You know, like, sure. uh, unfortunately, that's not worked out with Roman Reigns. I think they should have turned him into a, a heel, I think, uh, a long time ago when all the boos started ringing out. But uh, they did it once. Uh, they People started finding out that Ronda Rousey was not the um, person that they thought she was going to be when she entered the WWE. And so, uh, and now... now it's actually funny that they, you know, enter these personalities into these characters or these personas like, oh, they're the bad guy. They're the hero. John Cena is the good guy. And um, Roman Reigns is the bad guy and all these things. But then, you know, if you, if they do something in real life that is a removing from who their character is, or if they say something that is true to themselves and this whole um, personality of wrestling is like completely the opposite of them, I mean... People are going to be let down, but they have to understand that that's just real life. You know, these are who these people are. And sometimes their personas don't match up to what we see on TV. Exactly. But uh, I think it's uh, at the end of the day, Ronda Rousey needs to accept that if she doesn't go back to the WWE. She's got a lot of explaining to do. A lot oh, of yes. explaining. A lot of explaining. Uh, unless, of course, if they bring it into the story or something. No, I, I, I don't, I don't, know don't think so. If, if if the story, I mean, you certainly heard the story that we told of Nia Jax. I mean, if she's if she's on the money. I guarantee you, I think she's going to very get a very lousy reception, I think, when she comes back to WWE. I could probably imagine that. So she's not going to get what she wants. So, uh, but uh, anyway, enough about that. Um, let's talk about, I mean, we can try to move on to something positive and then we kind of fall into this. But uh, so um, let's uh, take a break from uh, all the negativity at the minute. And uh, let's talk about Old School Lane Reads, which is going to be uh, taking place a couple of hours from this recording. So uh, let's take it away. Yes, it is. All right. So... Um, last week, I released a video and a poll announcing that I'm going to be partaking in a brand new series called Old Schooling Reads, where I'm going to be reading off of a chapter of a book every Sunday. So I gave everybody four choices, and this is based off of books uh, based on SNCC shows. Uh, SNCC, for those who are younger and wondering what is SNCC, Um, In 1992, there was a lineup of various Nickelodeon shows that would air on Saturday night. And some of the books that I have listed are of the following. There are Things I Can't Explain, written by Mitchell Kriegman. I talked about this a few years ago during Clarissa Month with my friend and colleague Christina. We actually did a review of the book, but for those who are wondering, I want to know more about the book, then if uh, the votes are in, I will read it. The second one is on the 1994 series, The Secret World of Alex Mack, and it's one of the books that was released uh, during the, the show's run. It's called I Spy. And then there is The Mystery Files of Shelby Wu, uh, which came out in 1997. Uh, Same thing, where these books were released during the time of the show's run, and it's called History Mystery. And then the fourth and final book is called The Are You Afraid of the Dark? The Tale of the Souvenir Shop. 
uh, once again, came out during the book's, uh, um, the, you know, show's popularity, and it came out when the book uh, series was just starting off. So those are your four choices. Um, it's going to close as of the release of this podcast today. I will be reading off the winner. And by this time tonight, I will be reading the first chapter of the one book. And depending on how long the book that one is, it could range from either maybe a few months to maybe even a few weeks if it's a very short book. So um yeah so tune into my channel uh youtube.com slash old school lane and uh you can listen in on who won the the book competition and uh which uh book i'm going to be reading throughout this uh, couple of months so um stay tuned yeah um while you were reading that out i actually made this really weird discovery and uh, i'll just show it up to uh, patricia so she can actually see it and uh yeah. Yeah, and it's, uh, I found my bo old box of uh, Dr. Koishima's brain training. How old is your brain for the Nintendo DS? Like, uh, <laughs> is brain training still a thing? Like, you know, it's like... Uh, is I don't still... think so. I haven't I haven't heard any new brain training for, like, the Switch or the 3DS, so I don't think so. Yeah, like, I'm just uh, I'm just amazed. I've actually uh, found unless, they're, unless, they're, uh, unless they're Japan exclusive, which I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, like, uh, actually, also, there's another box here I just found out as well. This is actually uh, the, you know, the boxes for Japan for Nintendo DS games. They, you know, ours all came out in white. I don't know what color they came out in America, but uh, the Japanese... Japanese ones all came out in grey, and so mm -hmm. I'm just looking through this. I, I, I actually uh, got a. This is actually one uh, a kind of a relic, I guess, from Lixan. You remember Lixan, the uh, the importer? Uh, oh, that was yeah. that was a long time ago. But uh, I actually got them from Star Fox Command and uh, for uh, Nintendo DS. And uh, yeah, it was just it was. Um, uh, it, I got this game like uh, days before everybody else did. And so, like, uh, you know, it was uh, it was an awesome site at the time. Like, you just get stuff that's uh, from Japan that you knew that, uh, you know, you weren't going to be able to get anywhere else. And because Nintendo DS games were region-free, I mean, like, I didn't have a problem. Mm -hmm. So, like, uh, it was awesome. So, yeah. uh, but... Uh, oh, and, um, I, yeah, I'm just looking this up right now for Brain Age. And, yes, there is a Nintendo Switch version, but only in Japan. So, yeah, that's not too surprising. Well, I mean, who knows? Like, uh, Nintendo seems to be so... Um, it seems to be so desperate to kind of, like, release content now because obviously they found out that uh, you know switches are like selling out all over the all over the place at the moment and so it's to the point where people are building their own nintendo switches so like uh, <laughs> it, it won't be too surprising if uh, nintendo now are, like saying oh look we've got all these eyeballs now let's get content out as quickly and as, uh, as fast as possible and oh, hey we've got this brain sure. training game in japan let's release it internationally people are going to want to exercise their brains whilst they're in lockdown you know like it's uh, that, is, that, that makes a lot of sense yeah it does um, let's move over to politics a little bit. Um, Joe Biden released an attack ad on Donald Trump saying that he rolled over to China. Have you actually seen the ad at all or, um... No, I haven't. Okay, then, uh, let me just see if I can quickly find it. But, uh, there's one thing I'll have to say, and I don't know if, uh, I don't know if everyone else has been paying attention to this, but, uh, um, right now, Joe Biden, every time, you know, something's going down, their media seems to be so on the ball to release something very quickly, uh, to, um, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, Donald Trump's, uh, you know, inability to kind of control the corona outbreak, or whether it's something that he says, or like, uh, you know, the, even the liberation thing, they, they seem to be very, uh, they seem to be like just clicking, you know, the entire time, every time he comes out with something, they're able to like fire back, you know, it's just, it's, uh, it's, um, it's uh, really crazy kind of watching it all uh unfortunately like i did have it here before and uh, now i can't seem to find it so uh hopefully they, okay, haven't taken, hopefully they haven't taken it down but uh you know like uh, again like i don't know if uh, again i still am yet to be convinced that joe biden is going to beat donald trump i'm still putting putting donald trump as the favorite in the election to be honest with you and uh, like and by the way when people are asking like oh is the election going to happen uh, how do we know it's going to happen i believe it's going to happen like, uh, November 3rd, I think, is going to be... I'm definitely going to be... Pen One thing I'll definitely say for this, like, I may not be, pe be penciling in con con uh, co convention appearances anymore for this year, but I guarantee you this, I'll be definitely penciling in November 3rd for uh, uh, doing a live stream, potentially, throughout that election, because it's going to be... An interesting one, to say the least. But, uh, again, yeah. I'm still suspecting that uh, Joe Biden's going to fall flat and Donald Trump's going to walk away with it. 
I think. And so mm-hmm. here's the thing about this. Like, you know, um, it's uh, it's one thing to say that, you know, Donald Trump is going to be so, so terrible at his job. And he is. You know, he is a terrible, terrible president. He's probably like the worst president we've had in modern in modern living memory. To say that, like, um, I would say probably before, um, probably before, uh, before Trump, I would say H.W. Bush was probably the worst president, like, you know, in the last, uh, at least in my lifetime, I would have said. And now Donald Trump's just kind of lowered the bar so much that he might as well just, like, you know, uh, you know, taking a bulldozer, you know, dig some, digs, uh, digs a hole in the ground and just puts the bar down there and buries it. You know, like, no, no one, I think, could, uh, you know, like, uh, I, I can't see how it can potentially, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not even going to say that. I can't, I'm not going to say how how worse can it get. I think it has got, this is how, this is like the the flaw, I think. And uh, here's the thing about this as well. Like, uh, the thing I worry about is that uh, Donald Trump, I think, is, is not the problem I think that we should be focused on. I think he's just a precursor for something that could be potentially worse coming down the line. And, uh, you know, maybe Biden could be the stopgap for that, maybe, until, obviously, the Democrats can uh, can do something, I think, to kind of, like, uh, get themselves into a better situation. But, you know, uh, I, it's, it's very, it's very uh, wishful thinking, I think, at this point, to say that Joe Biden, uh, with the D- Democratic Party being divided as they are, to say that he's going to beat Donald Trump and uh, with much of the left just so unwanting to uh, campaign for Biden or even, even vote for him and uh, where they're going to go, I'll be very interested to see. But um, at the minute, like, uh, I mean, the Joe Biden team in the campaign is going to do a lot of good work. They're going to prep him up for everything. And I believe Joe Biden will win the debates. And I know I've said this time and time again. I think Joe Biden will win the debates. No, no, no doubt about it. Like, uh, and uh, I'll, I'll say, say this. It's like, it's, uh, it's not even going to be, I mean, uh, Donald Trump is going to do everything, I think, to get under Joe Biden's skin. I think he's going to try and, uh, he's going to see it as a point where it's like, oh, hey, if I can get Joe Biden to probably like, you know, punch me on stage, or something like that, maybe that'll probably win me over the voters. But no, Joe Biden will stay there. He will look presidential. J- J- Donald Trump will look like, look like a babyish idiot as he normally does with an orange face. And because that's basically what he does. And so that's going to all be all well and good. But then people are going to go to the polling station and think, wait a second, this is Joe Biden we're talking about. You know, like a creepy grandpa, um, you know, um, g- g- middle of the road, you know, oh my god, the, Ab- the Obama era is coming back again, run for your life. You know, they're either not going to vote, they're going to vote third party, or out of spite, they probably will vote for Donald Trump. You know, like, uh, I just think that uh, it's, um, you know, unless the, the, the Democrats can get themselves into a well-organized, well-oiled machine. Uh, and by the way, I think, uh, I mean, I was about to say that's AOC, was probably going to be, you know, the person who's going to lead the left into in, into battle here. But even she's turning around and saying, well, we'll see. You know, uh, we'll see if Joe Biden's going to earn my trust or not, something like that. Look at what's on the opposite side and tell me that he hasn't earned your trust already. You know, like uh, every single person who's looking at the situation right now is like, okay, you know, like uh, I'd settle with Biden just for now and then we'll work everything else later on. The one thing I'll say is is if Biden does win, do not give him any like, uh, I'll guarantee you this, he'll probably become very unpopular very quickly. I think, you know, we're probably more unpopular than Trump. I think, and that's, uh, but, uh, you know, that's going to be a good thing in the long run, because then everyone's going to be holding Joe Biden's feet to the fire, and uh, he's going to have to be, he's going to be trading on eggshells every single press conference and every single place that he walks. So that's, uh, that's where I would say Joe Biden needs to be, but uh, I don't think he's going to be, and, uh, and here's the thing about this as well, I take no pleasure in saying that Donald Trump is going to win this election, because I know this arsehole's going to be there for another four years. He's going to make a, an absolute dog's dinner of it, as he always does. You know, look at the track record that he's had so far with his current uh, first term. You know, like, uh, he's, uh, you know, he's he's been banking on the economy, and then all of a sudden this coronavirus comes in. He absolutely messes that up, and now six, you know, what about uh, millions upon millions of people are now unemployed because of it. You know, like... Yep, uh, uh, twenty-two over 22 million employed, over 40,000 dead. Yeah. So, I mean, like, uh, uh, funny, like, uh, you know, the you know, left-wing commentator was saying, oh, hey, look out, he's going to tank the economy. Uh, little did I know how badly he was going to tank it. <laughs> you know, like, uh, if, if he had full control over this coronavirus, I guarantee you this, he probably, you know, the America probably would be half open still. You know, like, uh, he probably wouldn't have got it to the back to where, you know, people would not be, you know, spreading it all over the all over across America. I reckon he, there was an opportunity to contain it, and he did not take it. You know? Mm. And so... Uh, either because he's stupid or he's just, uh, he didn't want to anger his supporters. I have no idea. I mean, like, as far as, I mean, he had an opportunity to contain this and now it's, blow, it's blown up literally in his face 
So, uh, anyway, Patricia, your thoughts on uh, what we might be going into in uh, either the joke... Has Joe Biden even engaged with you at all? Like, because uh, I think you're the you're the registered Democrat, aren't you, in it, in between you and me, are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, has he engaged with you at all in regards to, like, uh, you know, trying to reach out to you or anything like that? Not oh. really. I mean, like, I, there were other candidates that I had latched, I latched on to more. Uh, like, for example, Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren or Andrew Yang. It, you know, those candidates latch on to me a lot more. So the fact that they all drop like flies, it just feels kind of a letdown. Well, it's I mean, like, no, I'm oh. talking about like, as in like, has he sent you an email? Is it like, have the Democrats even like mailed anything to you to say that, hey, this is going on no. or anything like that? Wow. No. Registered down, yeah. No. You know, if you're if you're a registered person in the in a political party in the UK, you hear something. You definitely hit definitely. I've heard nothing. Wow. What about when what about when Bernie Sanders' campaign was active? Were you actually hearing anything from him or receiving anything from it at all? Or uh, I mean, like, um, maybe just because you're the- maybe just because you're a Democrat in Alabama, I have no idea. Maybe it might be just be that. But uh, I mean, like, uh, if you're, in it a- shouldn't really matter. Any depending on where you're from, it shouldn't really matter because you should get that information. Well, I think that here in the UK, I think uh, that what they do is that uh, the Liberal Democrats, at least in my experience, when I was with them between uh, 2005, so 2005 to 2012, um, the what we did was they had like uh, focus groups. So they decided to go on voters who they knew in areas they knew that they could win, and everywhere else they thought that there was absolutely no chance that they could actually become, uh, you know, they could actually win any seats or win any like uh, any power at all. They just left to the wayside, and so like yeah. they only they only focused on winnable seats. So uh, oh, that's re- that's really sad. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, no, it's like it's uh, if you've got a limited amount of resources. Keep this in mind: the Republican Party and the the Republicans and the Democrats must be like the richest political parties probably in the entire world. I would probably imagine, you know, like uh, the uh, they probably scoop in like billions of dollars probably yearly. I probably imagine mm. um, political parties in the UK do not have that muscle. In fact, a lot of them are in debt. Like you know, like, oh, that's a shame. Exactly, yeah. But uh, I mean, I don't know. Like uh, the the fact that the Labour Party's in in debt, I'm particularly, uh, I don't particularly, uh, you know, cry for them in any particular way. But uh, um, in regards to, you know, um, you know, the the old party I used to be I used to belong to. I mean, like uh, they were they were they would crave for any particular you know donation as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, I think uh, but politics is. Uh, um, I, I won't say it's underfunded, but I definitely say it's funded in the wrong way. I think in regards to how it's all done. But uh, we can have a massive debate about that at another time. But uh, in regards to, um, I mean, yeah, in regards to the way Joe Biden's going to have to play this out, he's going to have to reach out to everybody, I think. And oh, absolutely, so, yeah. yeah. He, he needs to do some really good convincing that he is the candidate for 2020. Otherwise, yeah, I mean, people are going to be throwing off their votes for a third party or for Trump. And, you know, if, if a third party is, like, really, really good, then I would be more than willing to listen to them, like Gary Johnson or Jill Stein. It's uh, like... Not Gary Johnson. I, <laughs> what is Aleppo? <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about, like, in third party in general. Okay. Like, uh, you know, if, if they have something to say that is completely different and that they are for the people, then I would be willing to listen to them. Yeah. But I mean, like uh, in regards to um, how you know how Joe Biden's going to play this, he has to he has to be smart with it, and uh, he's going to have to do something that's going to convince. Uh, I mean, my my only thing that he probably would have to do is probably that he would have to uh, get a, a a VP that is going to um, going to reach out to the left because if he doesn't get that, I mean, like the left, who, who are the left going to vote for? Donald Trump once said that he'd shoot somebody tomorrow, and people still vote, people still support him and vote for him. And unfortunately, I think that's a I think that's a Unfortunate uh, comment that I have to kind of agree with Donald Trump. He he could probably do he could shoot somebody and he would not uh, lose any support. I probably imagine, and that's the sad reality I think we're dealing with here. So uh, you know, it's just it's uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, we're, we're going into levels of um, you know Dick Cheney of you know if you remember where you know he shot. Um, you know, his f- close friend, and then the friend apologized for that. It's like, really? Mm-hmm. But, right, uh, anyway, let's move away from that, and because uh, it was getting kind of grim. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, this has, a bit of a, this has been a grim episode, pretty much. Uh, so uh, I think uh, <laughs> well, well, I'll need to brighten this up somehow. I think uh, that's basically how it goes. But anyway, um, fan art seems to be exploding uh, on uh, on social media. Over the last uh, since pretty much since the lockdown began, pretty much, and so um, seeing a lot of cool stuff from Sonic the Hedgehog, seeing a lot of cool stuff with uh, uh, various animes and uh, various cartoon shows, and uh, you know just uh, 
um, yeah, and also a lot of people are doing their original stuff as well. So, like, uh, it's uh, anything in particular that you've been taking a look at, Patricia, at all? Or, uh... Uh, yeah, there's been a lot of people, uh, I, I can't really say any, any in particular, but I've seen a lot of fan art that has been exploding all over Twitter and Tumblr and such, DeviantArt. Uh, there's even some who actually draw for charity which I think that that's really awesome, you know, to give t money for um, nonprofit organizations that are uh, fighting against the coronavirus. That's wonderful for those who are doing that. You know, thank you so much for that. That's really awesome. Uh, but yeah, the, the people who have been drawing all these amazing fan arts or just original art in general, and they are, you know, making a lot of people happy with them and, seeing all their creativity and their unique art styles. It's, it's been a blast to see. I, I've seen like great depictions of, you know, uh, anime characters, cartoon characters, movie characters, comic books, superheroes. So um, it's, it's been incredible. Uh, I must uh, participate in at least a few of them myself. Uh, I know that Aaron has been doing even more since then. So yeah, I think that's, I, I need to get my uh, names across, so uh, maybe, who knows, maybe we'll even talk about it next week, we'll see. Yeah, I tell you what, actually, if you're a fan artist and uh, you want your and you want your name out there, uh, get a, so first over a tweet, it's uh, at Aaron Meta Show, A-R-U-N-M-E-H-T-A-S-H-O-W, and uh, if you want to uh, contact uh, Patricia as well, she's uh, at Paddy uh, underscore B underscore Miranda. So, uh, yeah, send us your fan art, and uh, if we think it's any good, we'll give you a retweet, and uh, or we might talk about it on the show. Uh, absolutely cool yeah all right um let's talk about um this other thing i see uh, so we did in search of the crystal skull and uh we did the sonic hedgehog episode ed and that was our debut episode for uh, our new podcast and so uh, i mean like uh, a couple of people listened in which we're very thank you very much for doing so and so i think looking back at sonic, sonic the hedgehog i mean like uh what do we think about it now when the episode's been released i mean like uh, do you think we were fair with it or do you think uh, there's uh, is any particular things that we can note upon that uh, I mean, obviously, you showed me that uh, article before about uh, now there's going to be basically be a sequel, which I think we both agree upon. There is definitely going to be a sequel after this. It's like it's the most successful video game Absolutely. movie since uh, you know since since this. When was when was what was the most successful uh, video game movie before Sonic the Hedgehog? Uh, what, Detective what, Pikachu. Detective Pikachu, exactly. So, uh, but uh, mind you, like I mean, they were pretty much successful anyway because uh, the Pokemon movies were pretty much coming out you know quite regularly since uh, you know the two thousands. So like, uh, like I mean, like a, but, yeah, but, but, but this was but, their first live action one. Yeah, but so you know, but putting Pokemon on a on a movie poster is uh, it wouldn't be difficult to get to get uh, you know butts in seats. But uh, I think uh, for something like uh, Sonic oh, the Hedgehog, yeah, that's fair. That's completely fair. Something like Sonic the Hedgehog, which is basically, basically yeah. let's face it, I think that Sonic, we were... Sonic the Hedgehog has floundered, you know, in in video games in in, in in until Sonic Mania came out, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh hey, you know, go back with the classics, you know. So I mean, to be fair, the mm -hmm. the modern Sonic games have not been as well received, I think, as the classics. I think we can both, you and I, can agree on that. And it's kind of like uh, you know, kind of made Sonic the Hedgehog a bit of a, a mediocre character, kind of like a better. Right. Mario, so like Sonic needed this. I think he desperately needed this. I think. So, yeah, I, I do agree, and I think that um, when looking into uh, you know how successful it has done, that it's just you know uh, amazing to think that maybe this could be like the new standard of uh you know video game movies it's like hey you're going to be taking this a lot more seriously uh you know stop you know ever since like those people have been generating awful stuff based off like let's let's take it more seriously this time mm -hmm. and i think that the box office has proven that for sure yeah. So, um, obviously, I think the sequel's definitely going to involve Tails. And so, I think Sonic and Tails are obviously going to go on some kind of adventure. I think that's going to be no doubt about that. I know that Dr. Robotnik's going to find his way out of the... Well, spoilers, but I think Dr. Robotnik's going to find his way out of the Mushroom Kingdom. So, uh, I think uh, that's all the Mushroom Zone. So, I think uh, we definitely... Uh, I think sequel definitely is on the way. 
I think uh, I think that's one way thing we take if we take away from it. But anyway, the In Search of the Crystal Skull episode is available right now. Go to uh, YouTube.com and then search for Old School Lane and put in, or put, type in In Search of the Crystal Skull, Sonic the Hedgehog, and uh, that will be the first episode. And we'll be releasing far more as we go on through the month and next month and the month after that and pretty much uh, pretty much all year. So uh, yeah, we'll uh, giving you our thoughts on uh, films that uh, weren't so great yeah. but weren't so bad either. So uh, that's the theme of In Search of the Crystal Skull. So, and will we ever find the crystal skull? Um, we'll let you know on that. So, cool. Um, so, uh, last thing, uh, just uh, something fun to add on. Uh, Hugh Jackman. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Hugh Jackman um, has uh, recently said that he turned down a movie due to a scheduling conflict, and some people are quoting it as the greatest bullet dodge in history since The Matrix. So, uh, like, uh, I'll give everybody the the floor on this. So, Hugh Jackman was approached to do Cats. Basically, the movie that's nearly swept the the Razzies pretty much this year. So, um, what's happened is is that uh, Hugh Jackman decided that he wasn't going to do the movie. He had a scheduling conflict. And so, he ended up leaving that and doing something else. And so, um, thankfully, Hugh Jackman managed to basically escape this uh, horrendous movie, being involved in this horrendous movie. And so, I would definitely agree that is like one of the best, you know, career decisions. It's too bad Will Smith couldn't take his advice when uh, he turned down The Matrix to do Wild Wild West. But, uh, you know, that's, um, yeah, yeah, is that, that, thankfully that's uh, not in Hugh Jackman's uh, uh, filmography now. So I think uh, he can breathe easy at night. I think knowing that's not there anymore. So, or not there at all. No. Right. The two musicals that Hugh Jackman was involved in was Les Miserables and The Greatest Showman. Mm-hmm. So. And I think that those were, I mean, despite Les Miserables' flaws, um, it was way better than Cats. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think that's uh, pretty much it, really. So, um, I've got a fun thing to end on the episode of. Sorry, it's kind of a bit short, but uh, we're just getting towards our... Well, we've actually gone over our mark, actually. <laughs> Oops. So, uh, anyway, I think we'll have to edit this down a little bit. But, uh, anyway, um, thank you very much, guys, for checking out the show. You've been listening to Aaron and Patricia. My name has been Aaron. My name's been Patricia. Take care, and bye-bye for now. See you later.